0: WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning. Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Taylor Swift ends her apolitical public image by speaking out in favor of Democratic candidates in Tennessee, notably in the Senate race. But will it make a difference, positive or negative, for the Democrat in that Senate race? Are celebrity endorsements really worth anything? Katie Hill, Deputy Editor Moneyish, Uh, targeting you young adults with us live, and uh, Katie, uh, maybe Taylor Swift uh, could be the exception to the rule?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. Um, The big study in the Journal of Political Marketing showing that Taylor Swift is, they looked at a bunch of celebrities. She's the most-liked celebrity, um, with uh, almost 60% saying they feel at least somewhat favorably towards her, and that does matter. So the the research looked at, you know, does, does if you feel favorably about a celebrity, does what they say about who to vote for matter? And it does, and she's quite popular. And we saw this today with um, Vote.org, which she linked in that Instagram post. They saw a surge of people registering to vote after she did that. So she could have an impact.
0: Well, you know, uh, country and pop, maybe that helps her. But you could make the argument, could you not, that she was more popular because she had been apolitical, that as soon as you become political, you alienate some people.
1: Absolutely. There's a newness factor to this, too, right? She has never really said anything. She's kind of made some hints about who she might, um, you know, vote for, but she's never been as outright as she was just now. So there's certainly the newness factor. But yeah, I mean, her popularity is still pretty strong. And they, um, you know, they looked at a bunch of celebrities in that study, and she really came out on top. So there's a few factors going on here.
0: It's kind of interesting, of course, Kanye West, her nemesis. And here's a headline in the Washington Post why Taylor Swift's political activism has a better chance of success than Kanye West
1: it, it is about right is favorable views of people so Kim Kardashian Kanye West um, people don't quite have as favorable views of the two of them as as they do of Taylor Swift so that matters it's not just how well people know you it's how they feel about you and it seems that people kind of trust and feel favorable about Taylor, Taylor Swift and I think you're seeing that with this surge in, in uh, voter registrations
0: I will say this she did not say correct me if I'm wrong uh, vote Democrat 100% of the time. She also said, study the candidates, uh, get
1: involved. That's exactly right. She did say that. She was, um, I mean, she said, "I'm vo- in, this, in this time, she's voting for the two Democrats, but she absolutely said that, you know, and she said, you're never going to believe, or you're never going to um, get behind 100% of what any candidate says. Here are the issues I care about. I mean, she really talked about why she was doing it and the issues that she cares about. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just like you have to go to the polls and just vote for these two people, people in Tennessee. It was broader than that.
0: And the Republican nominee in Tennessee arguably is uh, one of the uh, most ardently pro-Trump, I mean, just reflexively, without any nuance, that you'll see in many candidates around the country. Even a lot of pro-Trump candidates will uh, say, well, I disagree on this and this. But uh, this Republican uh, candidate in Tennessee uh, has uh, just hugged the president metaphorically.
1: And you know what Taylor Swift said in her post about um, March Blackburn. She said, "You know her voting record appalls and terrifies me." And she listed the things that she didn't like about um, about about the candidate. Um, she's against equal pay for women. Um, there's um, some domestic violence stuff. I mean, she she really listed out the things she said that were not her values that this candidate represented. So yeah, I mean, I guess we'll we'll wait and see what happens with that. But
0: now the cynics, looking at the timing, some have said. Very convenient. Uh, she waited until the end of her U.S. concert tour to make this announcement. She'll be overseas, where likely she doesn't have to worry about picketing or protests or anything. And some have also said, real easy to do it now, as pretty much a pop star, would have been a lot more difficult. Think Dixie Chicks, of uh, full-fledged country yeah. star.
1: Yes, for sure, and those probably all <laughs> are valid points. I don't know exactly what her motivation is. But, again, I think to your earlier point, the fact that she's waited so long to say anything political for many, many years has made this a really, a really strong standout statement, and, um, you know, so we're, we're going to wait and see on this.
0: Okay, one other thing about what you write in Money-ish, uh, misconceptions, or perhaps uh, not having enough full info that younger people might have about retirement, uh, do tell for a couple minutes.
1: Yeah, so I, I thought this was so interesting. You know, a lot of the really good retirement advice, you know, that you need, um, you know, a certain uh, amount of your salary saved up by certain ages. You know, three times or two times your salary um, by the time you're 30. Those kinds of things. At least you need at least one million dollars saved. I mean, often these are pretty decent benchmarks, but because they're such lofty goals, I spoke to psychologists who said. They're actually deterring people from saving because people think, oh my gosh, there is no way I can save that much. And instead of, and, so, and they just don't do it or they save too little because they just, it, it kind of freaks them out. So I thought that was interesting. Some of the best advice is actually psychologically hurting our chances of saving enough for retirement. Well you know I read
0: that I was thinking of our syndicated host at night who always suggests when you're uh, uh trying to get rid of your debt and you have your debt snowball, start with the tiniest ones first and then That's you right. and then the snowball starts coming down the hill, then you become more confident then you can take on the bigger debts
1: she has a, she is right on the money little tiny wins that's what you need to actually achieve your goals so when you just hear this big lofty goal you think well there's no way I'm getting there not going to do it instead it would probably be more helpful if they framed advice like this as hey why don't you just start by trying to get the employer 401k match at work you can do that and you know things like it's okay to just up your retirement savings by like 1% a year if that's all you can manage you don't instantly have to hit off the ground saving 15% of your income just doing little steps like that, then people feel like, oh, I'm winning here, and I, I, can, I can do more. But in those big goals are really hard for people to swallow. Of
0: course, somebody might say, but wait a minute. I don't have a very uh, big lifestyle expectation when I'm retired because I'm making poverty wages now, whether in uh, uh, journalism or anything else. Uh, <laughs> it's unrealistic here, Katie. Unrealistic.
1: Do what you can. Do
0: what you can. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Katie Hill at uh, Money.